Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Tim. All right, first of all, I just uh, want to wish you a happy Labor Day. Thank you for, I know it's a holiday weekend. Some people are starting it early and uh, a lot of good busy uh, people are real busy trying to get out of town. So I appreciate, uh, appreciate you making some time to be here this morning. I pray that uh, we'll have a spirit-filled time of worship. Um, wanted to make sure, I just wanted to go through a few things. Uh, first of all, I wanted to make sure, uh, we're going to do, we're doing the announcements at the beginning. A um, few things. One, I wanted to make sure that you had, uh, uh, noted the, uh, dates, upcoming dates that we have. Um, <clears throat> we've got Eric Lee next month, and then, uh, Kenny Trigg in the month of November, and Scott Mulkey in, in the, uh, month of December. So, hopefully, uh, hopefully all of you will, uh, be able to join us. And please uh, prayerfully consider inviting somebody. So, um, I also want to invite you. I also want to invite you uh, to join our small group study. Um, we are doing a study on Fridays uh, that uh, Pat came and talked about last month. Uh, Mark is in that with uh, with me, um, and we're doing um, we're doing a study called Inti- intentional Di- discipleship. It's a twelve week study. Uh, starts at 6.30 on Friday mornings, goes to 7.30. Um, be great if you could be there every time. It's not required. Um, and, uh, we're off to a, we're off to a great start. We got a good group. We had a few more men join us, uh, this, this, uh, this, this time around and, uh, would ask you to prayerfully consider joining us as well. It's been great. Um, also wanted to make mention, you know, we're coming up on, this is almost our two year anniversary. I think next month, next, uh, next month is our two year anniversary of the breakfast. So very excited about that. Um, want to invite you to do a couple of things. Is one, okay, as we come up on a two year anniversary. If you have any ideas, thoughts, or suggestions, everyone except Rusty is allowed to submit them directly. To me. <laughs> okay? I don't need a life change. I got too much going on. I don't need a life changing uh, uh, question. So, um, um, but everybody besides Rusty, if you have a question, suggestion, idea, please send them to me. I welcome, welcome it and want to continue to grow our impact. Okay. Second thing is, um, we're, um, um, several, several of the men here have been working on the, on the men's vision team, which is going to be transitioned to a men's leadership team. And uh, Bob Cash, he's been very involved in that. Um, so Bob, yeah, Bob's back there. And we've got some exciting things, exciting things uh, on the horizon from a service perspective that Bob will be able to uh, share with you probably in an upcoming meeting. Uh, it ties back to the discussion that he, he led earlier in the year. Um, and there's been a lot of work and some uh, uh, a lot of research done in terms of where we could plug in as a men's group. Uh, to try to make a difference in the community in the name of Jesus. So, I know we're already doing a lot, but we thought it would be good to have something that we regularly contributed to and, 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 uh, could invite other men to join us with. So, uh, Bob will, Bob will be coming up with that. But if you have, if you have a passion and desire, you're looking for a place to plug in, um, if you're looking to, to serve, make a difference, um, or you know somebody that is, you know, send them me the mind of Bob's way. We, we'd love to get some, uh, um, some additional men on the leadership team for that. With that, uh, also, John, I'm not sure if you, um, John Pearson, I saw him here. We have the, uh, concert coming up for the moods, 
Um, right. Not sure if everybody saw that, but uh, October 23rd <coughs> at Chucker Farms, um, there will be plenty a uh, yeah, we, plenty of tickets. Chucker Farms is fantastic. Who's, who's been to Chucker Farms? Yeah, it's amazing. Amazing environment. I'm actually going tomorrow night. Um, so, uh, looking forward to it, but I will be there in October as well and looking forward to it. If you need tickets, please go see John. And then Craig is going to come up and share a little bit about, um, uh, Honduras. So. I don't want to take much time. Most of you have probably heard that we, uh, we have, a, the church has an initiative in Honduras. Honduras, a population that 70% is starving, uh, Dollar or two dollars a day is the average income. Uh, we sponsor a school. We have taken on the sponsorship of a school where we feed the children lunch. Feed the kids lunch every day, they stay in school. Uh, the biggest issue that they have is that because of the starvation level of people in, the, in Honduras, the kids are dropping out of elementary school, they can't read, they can't write. Uh, but if you feed them a lunch in school, they stay. Uh, we've taken on the sponsorship of a school and as a result of that, uh, what we're doing is we've, we're connecting with that school and we're looking at different ways in which we can witness to them, that we can strengthen their communities through their churches, and we can help serve, raise them up to become more independent as communities and as individuals. Uh, results of the program has been inordinately successful where we see 40 to 50 percent dropout of uh, of kids from elementary school in these schools. When we start the program, the program results in almost 100% of the kids staying in school. So reason I want to bring this up is that there's two things coming up. We're getting real close to our mission trip, which is we have a mission trip going to our school in Honduras the 14th through the 18th of October. We have a second one where we will go down and celebrate the graduation of the students from the elementary school in November. Uh, and that that trip is, uh, I think it's November 19th. Uh, we'll do that for four days. There's two opportunities uh, to join us and get involved. Right now, we have about 13 people on the trip going in October, but I can still take on a few more. But I've got to start closing that out uh, because we really have to make some logistics arrangements based upon the number of people. So anyone interested in getting involved in Honduras in any way, and there's many ways you can get involved, we still... We still have not fully funded the lunch program, so even even some minor funding. And by the way, it costs $150 per child per year to keep them fed. Not a lot of money. Uh, so if anyone is interested in learning more about the Honduras program uh, or going on one of these two trips that are coming up, please see me. Uh, I have lots of information that uh, this little envelope tells more about the, the mission trips and, and the kids, and there's also some information about the programs. Uh, we're teamed up with a, gr a group called Lunches for Learning. This is about Lunches for Learning, and this is their newsletter. So if you want to learn a little bit more about what's going on, I've got information. See me. I'll hang around afterwards, uh, and uh, we can talk more. Really interested in getting as many folks as involved. Once you go, you're going to be locked in. Thank you. <coughs> Thank you so much. Um, also, I want to encourage the men. I know some have signed up already. Uh, we're off to a good start. Uh, hopefully, some of you will consider signing up for the uh, golf tournament. I know I've seen several of you out there before. 
look forward to uh, look forward to that as well on October 12th. You know, when I listen to Craig and I just think about some of the service opportunities that we have on the sheet, which I would ask you to pass around at your table, and uh, and uh, prayerfully consider one of these opportunities to serve. Um, it just amazes me the way that God is at work through this church. You know, it's the way that God amazes me that He's at work through you. And, uh, and, uh, you know, the impact that we have, it's just so inspiring, encouraging, and I'm glad that we have a time to come together to, uh, um, to give thanks for that and to encourage and strengthen one another to, to take the next step in our faith journey. So, that's exciting. And when I think of, uh, ways that God's at work through, uh, through this church, when I think of, uh, ways that God's working through, through my friends here, you know, I think about Greg Davidson. And, uh, um, you know, as I said, uh, earlier in the email, you know, Greg, uh, Greg is, uh, obviously very encouraging, inspiring, and, uh, he's doing great work for the Lord in his ministry, um, I believe ministries. Um, so I'm sure most, if not all of you have heard, heard of Greg. One of the things I asked when I said, Greg, I said, Greg, I want you to come and share with the men's group and talk about how the Lord's worked in your life. I said, uh, you know, I want to make sure it's clear. You know, we want to, we want to, we want to hear, we want to hear about you. You know, we're, you know, um, certainly I'm sure you're going to weave in a little bit of magic or a little bit of music. Uh, I said, but I'm not asking you to come do a show. I'm asking you to come share your heart and, and uh, give testimony um, to how you've experienced God's love. So, Greg, with that, thank you so much for sharing with us today. Tim told you exactly uh, what, what's true. He said, you know, I'd like you to come, but I said, well, what do you want me to do? And he said, uh, I want you to just talk. And that's not what I do. <laughs> which is, which, I mean, that's cool, but uh, that's, is that, what is that? I think you're being recorded. We're recording you, sir. Oh, uh, cool. Like me on this. Little. What a, so this is a little recorder? Look at this thing. Check that thing out. Just kidding. <laughs> so I'm certainly not going to do any tricks or anything like that. I hope I didn't turn this off. Can, can you check that just in case? Because I touched it and I... There you go. Sorry, I, I didn't mean to mess with you. But actually, I did. I'm, I'm lying in the pastures right here in the front. Did it work? I can put it back. I never, I never could keep a job. But uh, I'm going to tell you, you know, as, as Tim told me that, I said, you know, I got to just say that I'm not really sure how interested people really are in hearing about other people sometimes. And uh, maybe that's just me. Um, and Because I, I thought, well, who's going to really want to hear about me? But I will do what Tim asked. Um, but I want to make this really short because I've, um, I've got some things that I'd like to share with you. I'll tell you this. I don't really have anything planned other than some scriptures written down. That's not the way I work. That's not the way I was trained. As an illusionist, you are trained to rehearse and prepare with two other backups. If you do it once, then you've got a backup. If you ever see a magician or illusionist, if something goes wrong, you'll probably never know because they just go to plan B. And if plan B doesn't work, you go to plan C. 
And if plan C doesn't work, then you just were not intended to do that, and then the music's gone too far for you to get there anyway, so you just got to move on. But um, but I really don't have anything per se planned, other than I, I did want to give you a little bit of background um, about myself, just to, to kind of know, so you could know a little bit about my my personal journey, my personal my personal walk with the Lord. Someone told me one time, you know, when you don't have a lot of time to do that or to give what we call in Christianese our testimony, it's probably best just to use two two ways of doing that. It's like a before and after. What were you like before? And what's it like now? Maybe not what were you like, because I will tell you really way honestly that I'm not done yet. God's not done working on me. Um, I'm trying to get closer and closer every day. And sometimes when you get closer and closer, things move further and further away. The more you read, the more you go, well, I never saw that before. And that, that's a detail I didn't know about. But that's part of the, the wonder of God's Word, too, is that it grows. And it's it's just so organic. And I know I don't have to tell a lot of you that. Um, but um, my story starts out the same as many that I've asked about anyway, and that I grew up in a home that um, I consider to be a Christian home because um, my mom and my granny went to church. Now, I came from a separated family, and I can tell you that um, they call it dysfunctional now. Ours was like an 11 of dysfunction. Because <laughs> the scale, we were like way over the top. But I didn't really know that, which is cool. All I knew is, I didn't live with my dad. I got to see him every once in a while. The fighting was a lot less now when we were separated. I was really young. I knew I got two Christmases. <laughs> you know, so I'd get like shirts and shoes and stuff that my mom gave me. And then my dad would show up with the sleds and the bicycles. And and so, uh, you know, now I look back and hope hope that I thank my mom enough for the things that she did and does for me. Um, but I can tell you that I went to church every Sunday with my brother if, if we were home. If we didn't go down to my granny's, which we'd go to church uh, with her as well. And um, so I knew about Jesus and I knew uh, that he loved me. I learned that. Learned a lot of songs. I loved music then. I love music now. Um, I learned some scriptures. Not really good on memorization. Still am not. One of the things I'm working on. Kind of hard to remember to work on your scriptures when you have a bad memory. <laughs> I'm just telling you like it is. I could be having really good intentions and all of a sudden I look this side and see something shiny and my world changes. <laughs> we'll move on to that. And I'm not, I'm not kidding. <clears throat> and I'm, I'm sure that's ADHD. I think everybody, ha everybody has ADHD and carpal tunnel syndrome now. I don't know what happened. Apparently it was from computers and stuff. But anyway, little rabbit trail there. You see how it went? I said something shiny. <laughs> but um, I went to church with my brother, and I thought everything was cool. And really, everything was pretty cool for an 11-stage uh, family with the things that we had going on. Um, I won't tell you a whole bunch about what was what happened, you know, what you don't need to know what my mom and dad did for a living, um, but they were police, I'll tell you that. <laughs> and you don't do much wrong in a small town when you got cops in the house. <laughs> and another cop station outside in another town, that would be my dad. Um, but <laughs> but um, 
everything seemed to be pretty fine for me. I was very interested in magic and music as a, as a young kid. I started really, really early, and I'm talking like five, six. So by the time I was 13 years old, I was already doing magic and illusion to earn a living. I was working professionally. And um, at 16, I, I started traveling all over the world, um, doing ships and um, hotels and things like that. And that was a huge blessing for me. But although I think I was a good enough person, and I think I was kind of a, no, I was a wild child. And so was everybody else in my business. I mean, that was the kind of business it was. Nobody went to sleep before 5 a.m. You know, so when uh, somebody came in this morning and said, how you doing? I said, not quite awake yet. That's how I'm doing. I mean, you know, I got up at 4.30 this morning, and I I can tell you, honestly, I get up at 4.30 now because um, I'm 53. <laughs> I usually get up at 2.30. <laughs> Because I can't remember not to drink before I go to sleep. <laughs> so you see, you see where I'm at. I think I'm just a normal kind of guy. With you know, I think everybody had, had issues, and you don't I mean we've all got family things, and you could say this, but I'm not gonna boohoo because it wasn't bad, and I didn't know everybody didn't live like that. I thought the fact that my dad was someplace away, and that was kind of normal, you know. I, I didn't really care what was going on in the other household so much. Um, but as I was traveling, I was doing everything else that everybody else did. If you want a list, I'm happy to tell you, but if you're thinking of one, I'll say, yep. I was doing that. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? There's something about that, and I'm not making an excuse, and I don't think it's cool. Well, I thought it was cool then. Sometimes I think it's a little cool, some of the stuff. But that's how I know the difference in some stuff. That's how I can connect with some people when I know some stuff that's going on. Because I've been there. I've, I've felt that. And I, I know how it can fool you. I know the illusion of those kind of things. But I'll tell you, eventually, um, I was work, still working on ships when I was uh, in my late 20s. Even up to 30 years old. And one time I stayed on a cruise that I was working on. It was a gospel cruise, and I would stay on for them. I liked the gospel cruises because the musicians had really, really nice instruments. The rock cruises, the guys all came on, and their instruments looked like they chopped wood with them. <laughs> and and their faces looked like that, and their clothes looked like and their attitudes felt like that, and they were rough, and they were hurt, and they were dirty, and they were, but they were rockers. And I thought that was kind of cool, because I was a rocker, too. Uh... But I liked the gospel music, and I liked the people. They were really different. And one time during one of those programs, and I wish I knew who it was so I could thank the guy, somebody shared the gospel. And I remember sitting in the same lounge that I worked in going, wait a minute, I got to do something? I knew Jesus died on the cross for me and all of that, but I didn't know I had to do something with that. And when I heard that guy, something clicked in me because he said it in a way that was interesting to me. And I got it. And I can tell you, I still didn't do anything with it for a couple of years. And I will fast forward a little bit just to tell you that there was nothing wrong at all with my career. As far as where I was going, I was about where I could be. Um, the things that I tried usually worked. 
I, I made good money to the point where I remember one time going to a bank um, after I was doing a <laughs> Uh, like a big review hotel show in Miami Beach, and I remember thinking, that lady's looking at me like she's wondering where I'm getting this money <laughs> every week when I come in here to put in my check. She's going, I wonder what that young kid, what he's doing. And I knew she knew I was doing something illegal, but it wasn't, it was just magic. <laughs> <laughs> Not illegal, perhaps improper. <laughs> but everything was going pretty good. I mean... And one day when I was getting off a ship, I just felt this overwhelming desire to do something with that knowledge that I had been given a couple years ago. And I sat, sat on the edge of my bed um, just before getting off a ship in Aruba. And my assistant was sitting on another bed on the other side. I had two beds in my room. And I just prayed to God to come into my heart to save me. I knew I had to do that. I didn't know why it was that day. And I can tell you trumpets didn't go off and all of that kind of stuff. But that's what I did. And everything changed after that for me. Now, I do not mean when I walked out on the gangplank, the sky looked... It wasn't like that. But my whole attitude and my whole being and my whole desire of what I was really to do with my life changed. I ended up living in Las Vegas, working there. And I was into corporate magic at this time. Again, a really, really nice, lucrative place to be for an entertainer. And I was visiting a friend of mine who was another magician. And he, he said to me one day, you know, Greg, one of these days you're going to be a preacher. And I said, his name is, his name is Jack Hayden, but he calls himself Mundane the Great. And, and, and great is spelled G-R-A-T-E. <laughs> he still lives there. He's still working and he's like 84 years old and he's one of the funniest guys and he just, he looks like the guy in Back to the Future with the white shocking hair. Like you just, you can't look normal. You look at him and go, I've never seen a guy like that before. And he's really funny, but he's also a really great Christian. We were studying and he told me that. I said, Mundane, you said some really, really crazy stuff in your life, man, but that is like way out. Uh, that could not be. I don't know anything about preaching. I'm just still learning about God. I was really hungry for the Word because when you get saved, you know, you get, you just have this hunger. I couldn't I couldn't read enough. My my stepfather was a, a Baptist minister in Canada, um, and I just like said, "Can I have more books?" And he had, you know, pastors have books and they they keep them, but you know, kind of as reference. But there's a lot that they never use, but. They think that someday somebody will be able to use them. How's that guy? And so he was really happy to, to do that. And I had more highlighter in a lot of books than it really had original ink. I really did because I just, I read it over and over again. I go, I missed that. That the is in the perfect place here. And, and so I, I started to read, read more about it. And when I was in Las Vegas, I met my wife, who, by the way, Believe Ministries is what we do. It's magic and music and multimedia, and our whole purpose is to lead people to Christ. It's not about a magic show, and it's not candy-coated gospel. We don't go in there and just do a show and say, Unite, Jesus loves you. I share the gospel every time I speak, and I'll do it again today. I give an invitation every time I speak, and I'll do it again today. Because we never know. When there's going to be somebody sitting in that chair and that guy's going to sh share the gospel and there's going to be somebody sitting there going, I got to do something with this today before it's everlastingly too late to do something about it. I mean, I know this stuff and I've been sitting on this stuff and I haven't really done anything about it. 
That's why I do it. That's why Believe Ministries exist. But my wife is is the whole brains behind Believe Ministries as far as any kind of thing that takes a brain. I'm just the monkey boy. <laughs> and that's okay. If you're a monkey boy, you should know you're a monkey boy. It's okay. You know, one of the smartest things is to know how smart you're not. Because <laughs> there are a lot of people that are really educated beyond their intelligence. And they, <laughs> man, they've got, they've got a lot of frame stuff that they spend 200 bucks to frame, which is not that smart if you ask me, but whatever. <laughs> but if you really know what God has given you, and you go, I'm willing to use that. And you're not going, I bet you God can't use this. If you're thinking God can't use you and your special skill, that's an illusion, guys. That's a trick. God, God wants you to use what he's given you. And every one of us is an expert in some field. And you might not think you are, but I can tell you what. If he can use an, illu- an illusionist and a monkey boy... He can use you. I mean, you know, I'm I'm just a mechanic. I'm just a carpenter. He can use every one of us, and he decided to use me, but it's only because of help. My wife, other people, supporters, pastors. Dr. Dave Benson used to be at this church, and one day he said to me, Greg, how would you like to do a three-part series? We'll call it More Than Meets the Eye. I said, and Dave was like, if he sees something shiny, he's like, he's, he's going way past me. <laughs> and he's, and I'll tell, I mean, he, we're buddies. I tell him that. He know, we know, we knew each other. We knew, you know, we knew how smart we weren't. And sometimes people can pass tests. That doesn't really mean that they can, you know, do other things that you could do. Maybe you can pass tests and way to go, show off. <laughs> but Dave said, you know, what about doing this three-part series? And I said, okay, I'll, I'll do the magic if you'll do the message. And we did it. And he put together a message, and I put together magical illustrations. And after we did three of them, I had enough that I put together um, a one-piece program with all those three pieces that was called He's Calling Pickup. And it was all about the fact that God is calling us, all of us, to a specific purpose, place, and proposition. And he's calling us. And all we got to do is pick up. Because he can't use us if we don't. And that became the first of me doing work for the Lord. Actually became in, began in Mexico when we were down there on mission trips. I just did a few things and I started noticing kids were showing up. And I went, man, there's something to this. You share the love of Jesus with something that you do, whether that's writing or playing a guitar, or doing magic, or whatever, or nothing fancy at all. I mean, maybe you're, as I said, a mechanic. You fix stuff. I think my brother would be a really great evangelist. He's a mechanic. A lot of people with broken cars. You know, takes a while to fix a car. Just saying. (laughs) Fact is, I'm still working on my brother. And i got to be real careful about that. We all probably have people in our families that we, we know would really benefit from having a close walk to the Lord, but we've got to be really careful. Uh, I don't want to lose my brother. Magic time.
little illustration. Watch this. My hands will not leave my arms. <laughs> I, I don't write all my own material. <laughs> You know, I, I use this as an illustration to show that that God sees us all of us the same way, no matter who we are and what size we are, where we are along our journey. And he can take us and he can transform us if we allow him. Watch this, we've got three ropes, which means we have six ends. Watch this, I'm just going to blow on these, and it's an illusion, but it looks like now the same. One. Two, three. I know. It lo- you should see it from here. It actually looks. Really cool. It does. It, look, it looks so. It looks really real. This close. I don't have my glasses on. I'm sure it's not that good. But man, I'm pretty good. I'll just say that. I, I did not just fall off the turn of magic truck. But I'll show you. Now watch this again. Put the ends back together, and now you see you have that little tiny one, and then you have that long one again, and the middle-sized one. That's the way it works. And, and apparently, you knew that if you plot, it would throw off my pace. <laughs> that is so thoughtful of you, Christian man. You know, here. No, no. Oh, we don't have time for that. Here we okay? I guess we did. <laughs> no, you know, the other deal, though, I was thinking about when I thought, well, I got to do some little magic thing is. That God also sees us the same when we're Christians. He sees us the same when we're not Christians as sinners that can just say yes to Him and get salvation forever. And as we're Christians, as people that have a job to do. Because the job of a Christian is to tell other people how to be saved. That is the job. And if you think that you're a Christian but... You don't have to do any evangelism. Man, you are living a big illusion. That is just not the truth. And I don't want to be mean or anything, but I just want to open your eyes and say, that is not an option. That is not one of the options Jesus gave us, God gave us. You know, one of the things about what I, what I feel is the urgency um, of what's happening in the world and the fact that people people need to know about Jesus. And, you know, you can say, well, you know, I'm a Christian, but I'm not that saved kind, or I'm not that born-again kind. And let me just tell you, there's only one kind of Christian. Just so you know, if someone's led you to believe that there are other kinds of Christians, they lied to you. That's a trick. And I'll tell you that Satan wants to trick you out of a really great life. And I'll tell you another thing, and Mike touched on this on Sunday, and I know Mike's got to be careful with stuff. See, Mike's got to please everybody. He's got to tell the truth, but he can't tell the truth in a way that can make anybody upset. Or, you know, like there might be, like, if the drummer has his shoe off, he'll get a letter. Or, or it's just, it's, it's, it, it, is, it is nuts, man. We've got a great leader here. Guys, stand up for Christ together. We have an opportunity in this church. We've got to lead. Guys got a bunch of certificates on the wall. He made 200 bucks. He's a smart guy. You know, I, I went to Mike one time after a service, and I don't know if you remember this or not. And I said, Mike, I want you to know this. I'm praying for you because you're being attacked by the devil. And he looked at me and went, because you never know who's around. But I'll tell you what, the devil is real, folks. 
I mean, if you want to call it Satan, the one of darkness, whatever word you want to use, man, if you are a Christian and you don't know that Satan is real, wake up! Because Satan is real and he doesn't want you to tell other people about Jesus Christ. He wants to ruin your life. He wants to give you sadness. He wants to break you in a way that you'll never have any urgency or never any heart or any passion for Jesus Christ. And I'll tell you what, man. I am a red-hot, blood-bought, devil-shoving, Jesus-loving dude. (laughs) And I do not make excuses for that. And you shouldn't either. We're guys. There's an urgency. We've got to tell people about it. You know, Mike last week shared a story about Moses raising his hands and they're winning. His hands drop down, they're losing. Winning, losing, winning, losing. So he sat him on a rock, so it's good to have a place to sit down. I'm a little rock here. Made mine out of axe handles, but it's still just a place to sit down. <laughs> I chop a lot of wood. <laughs> Allows my anger to go away. <laughs> Without losing a finger on a bandsaw. But, you know, if you lose a finger as an illusionist, you're out of business. Gotta go, gotta go to the second hand store, and it's a whole long thing. <laughs> I don't write all my own material. <laughs> Thank you for that, Dr. Long. <laughs> Funny joke. <laughs> but, we we got to not be bashful about this stuff. And that is an excuse that I, I ask people, how come you're not sharing Christ with people? Sometimes it's, I don't really know how to. Let me just say this. I know it's not a big part of our culture here at the Methodist Church, but I can teach you. Michael, allow me to. We don't really have rules against telling people about Jesus here, by the way. It's just not a really hot topic because it's not real sexy. You know? And I don't mean to use that ugly word. Do you know what I mean? But it's not attractive. People really don't want to think about doing that job. Let me just go back again to say this is not my opinion, but God said that's not an option. As Christians, we're to tell people about Jesus Christ. Mike said, well, had his hands up, he's winning. Down, losing. Up. Folks, the story about Moses, that is not about his hands. I don't think. I walked out of there going, that story is not about his hands and his arms up. It's about, not hands, it's about hearts. It's about the fact that he had other guys come around and stand with him in his name of Jesus Christ and hold him up together. Do you understand that? you see that? It wasn't about the stick. A magic wand is a piece of stick. It's a piece of stick. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying that that thing didn't have powers and God, God could do anything He wants. You know? God could say, I'm going to use that stick and you're going to do a miracle with it and I'm, I'm not going to say, well, I'm going to give it a whirl. Cause it's, He can do anything He wants. But that story I don't really think is about His hands or His arms. Not about that part of the body. It's about, about this. The uh, GPS. You know, the godly palpitation system. That's how you get in the right direction. Use the GPS. That's how you let lost people know how to get to where they're going. Use your heart. Use what God gave you. Don't just sit on it. I want to um, tell you that a lot of people say I'm afraid to do that. I'm bashful. That's the job of the preacher. We pay him to do that. 
I'll tell you that it's not God's plan to just use professional denominational workers to lead people to Christ. It's for every single Christian. And if you are a Christian, there's no mistake while I'm, why I'm here telling you this today. I'm pointing at myself too, okay? I'm not just going, you guys got to do this because I'm doing, I need to do a better job on it. I'm working on it. I'm better than I used to be at it. But I'm a long shot from where I could be. I can tell you this too. If you tell somebody about Jesus, and I mean even beyond just inviting somebody to to church, because then you're going to say, well, the other pastor, it's up to the pastor. Tell them about Jesus on the ride home or on the way. Just do it. I'll tell you, if you ask someone if they know that they're saved or they'll go to heaven for sure, they're going to give you an answer and it's going to be yes, maybe, I'm not sure. Or no. It's all workable stuff. If you ask someone who's saved, if they're already saved, and you think it's going to embarrass you, it won't embarrass you. They say, no, I got saved when I was 12. Don't use those excuses. I can tell you this. I personally am a very shy person. I know you don't probably think that. But if you invited me to your home to a social event, I'd probably sit in the corner by myself and I'd be very happy. But I'm, I'm not magic boy when I'm not presenting or sharing. I can tell you I get really excited about telling people about Jesus and I don't even think about me because it's not me. The Bible says... Jesus will come into you and he will fill you with his Holy Spirit. It's no longer I who lives, but Jesus who lives in me. That's what happens. You don't have to do this yourself. You know, Acts 1.8 says you're going to get power. Man, don't you want to try some power? (laughs) We'll get those goofy drinks that are like all neon and sip. I just need a little, ten more minutes of good power here. But we won't trust Jesus Christ to give it to us. I mean, we're going to go, I'm not sure if this will work. I think that'd be good. That'd be good for Rusty and Greg to do. And uh, The other thing is, man, we can do it when we're in Ecuador and we're in Guatemala and when we're in Mexico and we're in Spain. We get back home. We don't want to tell anybody about it. It's like we want to save people, but we don't want to save people at home. And we don't want to tell anybody in our church, and we don't want our church doing that. It's kind of like, you know, churches are becoming a hospital that does not like sick people. That's really true. Our job is to tell people about Jesus before it's too late. John Pearson sent me an email. And I know you're saying, John sent you an email? That's a shocker. <laughs> he sent me this email, and uh, and it had a video of this guy, and he was talking about end time stuff. Now, I can tell you, my um, my stepfather, Irish Baptist minister, he was always talking about the end times. He was closer to his end than me, and that would maybe a little more comfortable for him, I don't know. But he used to go, oh, Greg, we're in the end times. I'm telling you. He's Irish, by the way. He did just, he also did impersonations, so you be the judge. <laughs> and he ate, he ate Lucky Charms, so I was kind of confused about that. I think only because they're magically delicious. <laughs> but he sent me this video, and this guy's telling about the end times, and I'm, I'm going, man, that's true. All of this stuff is true. And some people go, that's freaky fanaticism. But it's not. It's the truth. The guy didn't really put a date on it. I'm glad about that because then I go into another step of, well, you know, 
Anyway, I don't want to get into that uh, shiny piece, but um, I, I think different things. Got five minutes, boy. I sent out an email, Facebook thing, and I said, uh, tell me about getting saved, all you Christian friends of mine on Facebook. I've got 1,476 friends on Facebook. Now, when you say friends on Facebook, that's kind of like friends in your neighborhood. Okay, apparently you don't live in the same neighborhood I do. <laughs> You're not being totally honest with Magic Boy. <laughs> but I'll tell you, I got back 20 answers in three days. I sent out three days ago because I knew I'd be here. I've never sent any, any question like this out before. I never asked anybody for a favor on Facebook. 20 answers out of 1,476. Now, I know they're all not all Christians, but people are either not telling people they're saved or they're not saved. And people are not getting involved in our church because they either just don't want to get involved or they don't have a passion inside of their heart because they're not saved. Now, I know you're going, no, man, wait a minute. That's, I'm just telling you the truth. If you're, if you're asking, if Mike can be preaching all day long to somebody if they don't have a passion in their heart to get on board, and I don't care if it's raising money or whatever, if they don't have it, they're gonna go, I can't, I went Sunday. I tithed. I did my part. I'm done. We have to share the gospel with every single person that we know. And you, I know you can't go, oh, that's, that's unbelievable. You can't do that. You're right. Listen, you can do it with a few. Listen to some of these things. I'm just going to, just a few. This lady, she's in Michigan. I thought I was a good person. I thought I was going to heaven. Then my son and I met a young man at a karate studio. I also thought this. I also thought this. I also thought this. I was trying to do the church thing, and I finally understood. My pastor said, you know, Deb, Satan even believes in God. Satan believes in God too, folks. It's not just Christians. He knows that stuff. One girl said, I remember vividly. I didn't understand another girl. I don't understand the personal relationship thing. Now I gave my life to Jesus. I couldn't be happier. I remember hesitating. I remember the next day like it was never, it's never ever been the same. I want to just read you a, a little bit of one. This is a guy from my hometown. He was a police chief in my hometown. I'll tell you something about him. He said his wife insisted that he went to a revival meeting. And I'm just, just reading the parts that I highlighted. The evangelist drew a picture on the overhead of a tree representing to be a Christian. And he also drew suckers growing out of it. Do you know what a sucker sucker Suckers something we know here? Because I live in Tobacco Town in Canada. And that suckers are the part that kills the, kills the tree, basically. And tries to live and tries to look. He said, so when they gave the invitation, he got to, he got to his feet, went to the prayer room. And he said there was a man who said, why are you here? And he says, I'm rededicating my life to the Lord. And he slapped the folding chair to his right and said, I'm tired of seekers coming here and rededicate themselves. When are you going to surrender? And the police chief said, now. He is one of the strongest Christian men I knew, have ever known. He, uh, he had a cancerous tumor in Florida. They took an image of it. They said, you better get back to Canada. This is pretty bad. It's on his brain. He got back to Canada, showed him the image, they re-imaged him, the doctor came out, he goes, I can't explain it, it's gone. This is just one. I've got like a whole bunch of these things. These are not from people I read about, these are from real people. 
We're out of time. I just want to say this. I don't know if you're a Christian or not. But if you're not, I'm going to give you a chance today to become a Christian for sure. And this is not about me. It's not about anything I can do. But it is about you. Guys, it is it is time to hold each other up and help each other tell other people and say, man, that is okay. That's what we're supposed to be doing. If you want me to show you ways of evangelizing to people or scriptures to use, I'm happy to invite me to your Sunday school class. I'm happy to do it. I can't force it on you, and I wouldn't force it on you, but I can tell you that I never shared Christ with anyone for a long time because I didn't know how to. I felt pretty lucky that God talked to me, and I just didn't have the tools. It's not hard. It's really not hard, and it's not an option. So, I'm going to... I'm going to give an imitation, and I'm going to play a little bit. I'll play a little guitar. No, I'm just going to give an imitation. I play guitar any day for you, although it was tuned and everything. <laughs> I'll play guitar as we're leaving out. I'm just going to give an imitation today, and I'm just going to tell you this: you can pray and ask Jesus into your heart right now, and really mean it. But it means this: you've got to really believe that Jesus is real. And you really believe that. And you believe that he's the son of God. And he came to this world for one reason. And that was to die for me and for you. To pay the price for our sins. To purchase something that we can't buy. And we sure don't even deserve. It's a gift. You can't just keep walking away from that truth and saying that's not for me to do anymore. That's for the preacher to do. I'm just too shy to do it. I'll be back next Sunday. I'll see you. The Bible says repent, turn around, and walk towards the truth and the light. You can do that. And you don't have to be embarrassed about it. Man, if you're in a more comfortable place than this to do something like this, I don't know where it could be. And I'm not going to embarrass anybody, but I'm going to give you a chance. Because God gave me a chance. And he's given me a chance again. You bow your heads and close your eyes. Father, I thank you for allowing us to be here this morning. Lord, I praise you for everything that you give us. For our uniquenesses. For our differences. For making us the way that you want us to be. And giving us a chance to say yes to you. Lord, you say that if we call upon your name, if we truly ask and believe in you, believe that you died for us, but also celebrate the fact that you rose again three days later, that you are alive and that you can be alive in our hearts. Lord, if there is someone here today, I just ask you to give them the courage in this safe zone to say, I want you to come in. As we pray right here, they could, does anyone here that wants to just pray silently in your heart, say, Father, I know that you love me. I thank you for loving me. And I thank you for wanting to save me. 
I want to be saved. I want to know for sure. I know Jesus died for me. And I know Jesus died to pay the price for my sins and the sins of this whole world. Lord, today, I pray that you'll forgive my sins. So right now, in my own way, just right here, the best way I know how, I'm saying to you, Father, I'm opening up my heart. And I'm inviting you in so I can know for sure when I walk out of this room. I'm not just depending on the fact that I show up every once in a while or I go to a breakfast or I go to a service or I sing in the choir or whatever it is I do. Not from the stuff. Not from my good personness. But because of what you did for me. I'm relying on that and I'm depending on that and I believe you. And right now come into my heart. And I'd like everyone to keep your eyes closed for a moment. If there is someone in this room who prayed to ask Jesus into your heart today for the first time, and I will not point you out or anything, I will not say a thing, but if you prayed that prayer and you really meant it, and you've never asked Jesus in your heart before, would you just raise up your hand just for a second from where you are? Just raise your hand. Father, thank you for this time with these great men. Thank you for blessing us. Be with us today as we travel. And remind us, Lord, that you said go. You said you will give us the power. And you said to warn the wicked man from his ways. And if we don't, that's on us. Remind us of that as we go today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, Tim told me as I as I, we, we finished and we're finished, but maybe this is a question you can answer for yourself on your way home. I don't know. But the question that uh, he said, people always leave us with a question. My question for you would be to just ask yourself, how come I'm not really telling more people about Jesus? What is my excuse? And can I change that within the next year? Please, if you need any help, I'm here to help you. That's... That's what God made me to do. Thank you. God bless you. Good morning. All right. Well, uh, Greg has closed us in prayer, so I'll, I'll dismiss us for the morning. I just want to thank you for being here. And I want to thank okay. Greg for leading us. I think... Hey, Greg. Yes. Don't worry about telling us about after. Okay. You right. said you were going to tell us about your life before and after. Yeah. I think we got that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't think I needed to really. Yeah, I think we got okay. that. Okay. <laughs> I can tell you, you might be more interested to hear about before too, and I'm happy, I'm happy to tell you that, but like, be, be, be ready. <laughs> well, one of the things, one of the, when I started, uh, when I started the men's group, one of the things I said is I wanted to, I wanted to profile men in the church that are passionate disciples for Jesus Christ. And I think, uh, I think we've seen a lot of passionate disciples over the last two years, but, uh, I'm not sure we quite saw passion the way we saw it today. So, Greg, thank you so much for that. God bless you.